Hey, this is Damon Kimball from Danbury, Connecticut, and I listen to the Hood Rat Recap Podcast. And I came back to start a band, of course. I saw her walking through the crystal core. She made a scene by the revolving doors. She's gonna walk around and drink some more. We got bored, so we started a podcast about the best bar band in the land, man. This is the Hood Rat Recap, and we are back. We are your steady stream of the unified scene, all the news and reviews of the band that you love, we love, and they just played their last concert between a giant slide, a Ferris wheel, a best-in-show llama, and a best-in-show alpaca. I mean, I, I don't think they've ever done that before, but... Hello, everybody. This is Stage Right Mike on the mic, and I can talk hold steady all night. And when I like to talk hold steady heavy, I like to throw up the rat signal, and the Hood Rat Pack has assembled. And as always, we like to start with the Unified Scene's very own King of Queens, Gasper. Gasper, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. But you know what? I've been trying to get people to call me Jose Jalapeno. I wonder why is that, Gasper? Well, because much like the Jeff Dunham character, I'm a hot tamale. On the stick. <laughs> How's that working out for you? See what I did there with the Minnesota State Fair, like food on a stick thing? Anyway, it's not going so good, believe it or not. I mean, I know you're probably surprised, but it's not going so good. People keep calling me Pudding Pops. Jello Pudding Pops, oh. frozen pudding <laughs> on the oh. <laughs> Kevin just covered his face. That's... <laughs> I if know you guys can shove see that, me. Oh, God. we can shove that stick. I know where that's going. Yeah, so all right. <laughs> I hope you shit ghost peppers later. That was awful. And that's the sound of our third mic and our producer, Kevin is whatever. How you doing, man? I feel like I'm on a shtick like Jesus Christ crucified for being on this podcast with you. That's how I feel. Otherwise, things are great. Uh, looking forward to this new episode. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, Mike, it was our man on the ground at the uh, recent Minnesota State Fair, which I saw online was the largest Hold Steady show to date, as they claimed. Uh, yes, it was. I feel I finally get to be like uh, Gasper now, and I get to be the guy uh, on the ground telling the stories. But yeah, it was a great turnout. We got a great show today. We got to talk about the biggest Hold Steady show ever. We're going to finally wrap up our final two rounds, round nine and ten of the Diamonds in the Drain game from the last three albums. And then we got a, a pretty big announcement to make after that. So should we get into it, guys? That's a lot to cover. We should get into it. Yeah, let's jump into it then. Snacks on a stick and prize pigs and the largest hold steady show to date. Mike, how was the Minnesota State Fair show? It was my uh, both my worlds colliding. You know, I think I've gone to the Minnesota State Fair uh, every year of my life. Uh, my parents kind of have some incomplete records from when I was one or two years old, but I, I think I've pretty much gone every year of my life. So it was my two worlds colliding. I have gone to concerts there before. Um, I saw my very first concert ever there. Craig saw his very first. He saw Leaf Garrett. And Bobby saw Ariel Speedwagon, I think, maybe. Okay. And But mine wasn't that cool. I saw the Osmonds as my very first concert there. <laughs> I mean, you and Craig are kind of on the same page. If he saw Leaf Garrett and you saw the Osmonds, you had a thing for cheesy teen boys, 70 prop stars. Yeah, I think I was a little more country, and he was a little more rock and roll, though. Let's see if you get the reference there, but all right, oh, so. I got it. <laughs> but um, so we had Dillinger Four opened uh, the Minneapolis band, and uh, they sounded pretty good. I think the stage was maybe a little too big for them. They got kind of swallowed up. Uh, it wasn't like the Saltshead show where they just played on the left hand side of the stage. They they took up the whole stage, and it was probably a little too big for them. I think, but they <laughs> they sounded pretty good. The thing that interests me is uh, then Bob Mould came on. So I've seen Bob Mould uh, do outdoor shows twice now, 
And I think just to me and a couple other people that were at both shows have the distinction, and it might be a Guinness World Record, but this show was in the 90s, It was, which doesn't sound that hot, but it was extremely humid. And last time I saw him outside, it was for the Super Bowl show, and it was minus 10 or minus 11. So I seen him at 100 degrees difference on his last two outdoor shows. I thought that was kind of a crazy <laughs> distinction. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so now, how was Bob Mould? Um, he's somebody that I've only ever seen once, um, and I've only ever seen him in the form of sugar. So I was, I'm kind of curious, like, how did, how did that go? Yeah, so this was the Bob Mould Band was the official name of it. So he did Sugar songs, he did Husker Douche songs, he did Bob Mould songs. So it was kind of interesting. You know, he got his whole catalog kind of in together. And he seemed really popular. And in fact, a lot of, uh, a lot of audience members got up and left <laughs> after he got done with his set. <laughs> right. So what, was the, what would you say was the, the highlights from the Bob Mould set? So I like when he played If I Can't Change Your Mind. I mean, that song, song always sounds really good. He didn't play the Mary Tyler Moore theme, which uh, was a famous Husker Du cover. I don't know why he shies away and doesn't play because I really love his voice on that song. <laughs> so now, when you when you see Bob Mould, are you looking for like solo Bob Mould stuff? Are you looking for Husker Du songs? Are you looking for Sugar? Like I've mentioned before, I I really only know uh, Copper Blue, um, which is oddly enough like a desert island disc for me. I, I love that record, but I don't know too much about the rest of Bob Mould because I'm not really into him. I know Candy Apple Gray is like a a must know, but like, what are you looking for out of a Bob Mould set? I mean, I guess I look for what he did. I, I just kind of look for his greatest hits off Sugar, Husker Du, and his, his solo stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I just love his voice. I mean, that time when I seen him when, at the Super Bowl show and his 10 Below, I'll never forget it. He, you know, he's got that loud voice and he's, it's just, it was so cold that this, his voice was coming out like a steam engine. You could just see steam rising <laughs> above his head like a steam engine. That's what I guess I'll always remember from seeing him live. And then, you know, I seen him 90 and humid this show. So it's it quite a difference. But he put on a really good show. I was hoping he'd come out. Uh, we'll talk about it later. I was hoping he'd come out and sing a song with, uh, with the Hold Steady. And, uh, you know, I thought he might do when we can get together the song that sings about Husker Du, but didn't come okay. to pass. I mean, looking at the set list that was published, you know, seven of the 11 songs he plays are from his band days, and then there's a few solo. But for you, Gasper, if you would have went, you would have gotten Hoover Dam and If I Can't Change Your Mind, and I know Hoover uh, Dam is a favorite. Hoover Dam so, is absolutely a favorite. You know, so that would have made up for it for you if you sat through 90-degree humidity <laughs> just getting that one in. The whole study closed out the, the, the show? Yeah, they came out to uh, their walkout music was uh, Bay City Rollers sat Saturday night. I th that's them, right? I got the right mm -hmm. guys. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that was their walkout music. Well, I should say I was I was sitting next to uh, Kyle and uh, Ella. So I had I had some extra tickets for Kyle and Ellen, Ella, and they came and sat with me. They had other friends there. We kind of sat for a while, and I should say we 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 were up in like the second row of the risers. So we were maybe 100 yards away from the stage, uh, and we were up. And this is the first Hold Steady show where I looked down at them. Usually, you know, I'm usually in the first couple rows, and I'm looking up at them. We were up in the risers, and I was looking down at them. And it sounded really good because you know how when you get farther away and straight out, how it sounds really good. And right. then we just kind of took over the first row, and we kind of actually had like a walkway to ourselves where the three of us were dancing. And um, I know I saw Jason from... Uh, from Colorado was up there and we had talked before the show and he was up kind of in a section over and it was kind of fun seeing all the friends that we could see. Cause during the Bob mold, there was a lot of Bob mold fans and it was kind of like, I didn't recognize a lot of people until later in the show. Right. Was the whole show seated? Yes, it was. They had the, uh, you know, the folding metal chairs down what would be the general mission part of a, of a hold steady show. I don't know why they did that. I can't, I've, cause I've gone to trampled by turtles and Mason Jennings there where they didn't have the seats and it was standing in the, in that section. So I think that would apply to the, to the hold steady, but I don't know something with the promotion. They didn't want to do that. I don't know what it was, but we were kind of traveling later in the show. I mean, we actually ended the show being like in the second or third row for the final song. We just kind of, <laughs> I kind of, kind of went all over, was kind of walking around they have like nice eating areas uh, off to the side where you can actually order food and, and drinks and just kind of watch from the side of the stage kind of too. So 
kind of like a little cool. pavilion. And that's one of my uh, one of my complaints is uh, so they had the merch stands and they had their own merch stand. So once again, Mosh Pit Josh was out of business. But they were uh, they had some really cool shirts and posters. I think I'll post one of the pictures, and I know I sent one to you, Gasper. But mm-hmm. by the time Bob Mold was halfway through his set, I think every they were like shutting the doors. Everything was sold out. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. I saw through the Facebook group there was a couple of people I recognized at the show. Um, I know David went, uh, Chris from the the whole study uh, positive posting group, who I believe is like one of the founders, right? Um, I think then, he is the founder. Yeah, I think he. That, I think you're right. I think he is. He's founder. number. One. I think him and David are one and two. Yeah, and uh, Mike Lochner was there. Uh, there was quite a few of the. Uh, I think the I crew. ran into Mike Lochner around the final song when I got, <laughs> finally got up. He was like in the fourth row when I got up there. Yeah, and he was actually on the video screen for the Bob Mold. And this, yeah, I should mention that there was a giant video screen. So we're talking things that are unusual about a Hold Steady concert. It was very classic Rocky. They had a giant, um, very classic rock-like, I should say. They had a giant video screen where they were playing some like psychedelic colors, so it almost looked like a Jimi Hendrix video, you know, where they had the purple smoke coming out of Tad's guitar. And then Bobby was awesome. He had a we've seen this before, but he had an air machine. So he, you know, he has that super long blonde hair now, and it never touched his neck once. It was. <laughs> Just straight up in the air the whole show. He's right in front just, of the wind. Just locks flowing in the wind on the, at the show. <laughs> yeah, so it was very classic rock. Like that's awesome. Like an Aerosmith video. I saw the the a lot of people's photos had that where it's like so directly behind the band is this large screen like you're saying and they projected what was on stage on the larger screen basically so like you're looking at the band play but then behind them is like. The, where the camera would zoom in and you would see Craig Ray, like up close, so you'd see whoever like up close. And I thought yeah, that was a they really had, cool feature. This is a huge stage, so they actually had three giant screens. The one behind them was kind of doing more of the psychedelics, and then the side ones were kind of, you know, just actual stage showing what was on the stage. And gotcha. then during Party Pit, the fourth song, and somehow I knew they were going to play it fourth. They put up a giant Grain Belt logo for the Grain Belt Bridge. That's awesome too. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people had pictures of that. That was pretty cool. And so was most of the, what was displayed graphics or was most of it like concert footage or was it mixed? Yeah, it was concert footage. And then the middle screen was like, they would add special effects to it where, you know, make it look like a, a Beatles video or it's kind of like half cartoony or gotcha. uh, kind of psychedelic kind of stuff. Like they're adding a, a filter. I guess it had a giant filter on it. Now I'm curious because it was a state fair. Was the audience sort of a different cross section of what we're used to seeing? Is it sort of the same? Do you see more kids because, you know, people are there throughout the day and this is kind of because there's also like butter sculptures and stuff that's very famous at the state fair, isn't there? So like I know it's like a big family event for the day. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we definitely have to get into the features of the state fair because we have Mike as an expert who's been to the state fair so many times. And like I don't think me or Kevin know anything about the state fair. So. I've never been to a place where there's a butter sculpture in my life. So <laughs> I know you were just there and have been there a few times. So I'm very curious to hear how that goes. Well, I actually went three times to the state fair this year. I, I was I wanted to take some Hold Steady fans, but I actually had to work on on Saturday, so I, I actually got there just a couple hours before the show. Uh, so the state fair, uh, they got the Miracle at Birth uh, barn where you can see you can see cows being birthed, pigs being birthed. I mean, I mean, you you'll be in there eating cheese curds when there's this cow with afterbirth all of them just glistening with afterbirth because it just got born tw- twenty five minutes before. And uh, so that's kind of fun. What I do, I yeah, I get all into it. I go down and look at the, uh, they have tractors. I mean, this is the Minnesota State Fair. So they have tractors from 1910, 1920. And I, I kind of go look at those. But then I go sit on a Polaris uh, snowmobile, which is like a 2024 Polaris snowmobile. Kind of looks like a rocket. doesn't even look like it's been invented yet. So I kind of do all that stuff. So I kind of get into all of it. But the food is, uh, I got a little special segment on the food I'm going to, uh, quiz you guys on in a little bit here because the, the food is everything. I, I, obviously, everything's on a stick. So this is called <laughs> Music on the Stick is the name of this concert series. On a stick. On a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you Google Minnesota State Fair, you get that, like, the Minnesota State Fair and the Iowa State Fair are, like, two things they list as bucket list items to do before you die. So, like, what is your assessment of that as someone who's been to it and lives in Minnesota? Yeah, I... 
I mean, I and I've seen a change. I kind of like it. I go because you feel like you're in a time warp, like you're like you're in the 1800s. But I remember when I was going there when I was a teenager was when uh, bungee jumping got invented. So they had bungee jumping right in the middle, and I would just sit, we'd just sit there and watch for hours as people would get afraid to jump off, and then everybody would start chanting. Um, so they and you know now it's just got it's like you're in the 1800s, but then they got like like I said they get all these. I was looking at motor homes that have giant TV screens in them. I was looking at the the new uh, snowmobiles. You can check out all the new, you know, they almost have like car dealerships. You can go see the new Toyotas and everything, or Fords, Toyotas, everything. Uh, me and my daughter, we go look at the, we go, we call it Best Bunny. They have all these uh, rabbits that have like, they're called lion head rabbits. They got giant manes on them. And some of them, some of them are like, weigh about 20 pounds they're just huge huge than dogs and then we go look at all the chickens that look like pom-poms and they look like dinosaurs there's like 20 different breeds of chickens you can see which ones are best (laughs) and then we always make a bet if the uh the pig the largest pig or the largest pumpkin are going to weigh the most because they usually both come in around 500 pounds so we kind of guess which one's going to weigh the most i was going to ask if they have like a giant vegetable tent where like you get like the 50 pound cucumber and the 200 pound pumpkin that gets like the blue ribbon for first place on it and second place like you know and then they have art i don't know if you guys saw this they do art with seeds and somebody actually did craig sliding down the giant slide all in seeds Mm. i did see that that was pretty cool he actually commented on how he he really liked it yeah and there's the giant butter sculptures where they make these girls sit in a cooler and then they sculpt them and they have to sit in there for hours with a jacket on as they're getting sculpted because it's butter. <laughs> that sounds like some weird serial killer type of thing, but they just hide it around a butter competition. Like, here, just sit in this freezer, little girl, while we sculpt you. It doesn't. <laughs> and you can go normal. watch it. It's The freezer's like behind a glass window and you can go watch them get sculpted. <laughs> So, like, the people that work at these fairs, and, like, I'm assuming there's rides and stuff. Like, I know you said Ferris wheel. Um, so, like, the people that work the the fair, like, those are, I have an image in my head of, of like, one for the cutters, like, the, the townies hanging out in the woods. Like, is that who's working the fair, or is it just me being, like... How dare you, Gasper? <laughs> Actually, I mean, we're about to get canceled right now. Sorry for I, any of our fans in middle America that... Mr. East Coast is just singled out. Listen, I'm a dude from New York. It is what it is. <laughs> well, like I said, I've seen the the, the fairs change so many years over the years. I, when I was a teenager, I, we used to go watch the sideshows where we'd watch like a they'd have this beautiful girl turn into a gorilla, and obviously mirrors were involved. But that's that's you know now they don't have those sideshows where you go see the bearded woman or anything. Those aren't culture anymore, but. <laughs> So that's how long I've been going. I've seen all things. Yeah, they used to have the real the guys with three teeth running all the rides, and I think they've kind of cleaned that up a little bit now. But I actually worked a shift out there too from my second job. So I had free tickets from my first job. I worked a shift out there for my second job, and then I still used my ticket to go. So I went three times and never paid once. So that was pretty good. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, the whole steady set. Like, how was that? Like I said, I went to the. Oh, well, we didn't really talk about that. I went to the record show, a book signing the night before, and Craig said, somebody asked him what they were going to play, if they're going to play new songs, and he goes, well, for this market, there's certain songs I have to play. So I knew he was going to play Party Pit, especially when I saw that they were testing out the green belt background and stuff. Um, so we got, you know, we got Southtown Girls, we got Party Pit, you stuck between stations, we got all the Twin City songs. It was mostly, I thought... Uh, Kind of the big hits. The new we did get Carlos is crying though, so I was happy to get. We finally got a couple new songs. Now, how does that go over at that level of a show in the hometown? Um, it's I don't know the you know like us the the fans that we know were really into it, and I don't know if if the whole crowd. I, I think they were kind of playing to some crowd that wasn't theirs too. I think a lot of people kind of knew who the Hold Steady were, but I don't think they know every song, every lyric to every song. So I think gotcha. there's a lot of fans like that there. I feel like the real test of Carlos is crying is Brooklyn Bowl. Like, that's when we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking at it, too, it looked like uh, the Hornsteady from the Twin Cities was actually a very big part of this show. Uh, probably more than I've seen on any show. They looks like they're out for quite a, you know, a good portion of this set. 
Yeah, and the saxophonist, I forgot his name, but you know how they have that little rubber thing where they hold the saxophone onto their chest? He had His was like a purple prince symbol, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> cool. And so you brought up the book signing. Like, dude, you got your photo, I think, beats any photo I have. Like, Mike's got th- the whole band, like, and it's it's just a great setup for that that photo. Oh, I mean, I know Galen, they, Galen was standing up, so he was like his head was almost hitting the ceiling. You look like, like you could be in the band with the way it's put yeah. together. Like it looks like the indifferent, I can't be bothered band photo from like two thousand five. I was wearing my iconic. Uh, I got a laugh out of him. I was wearing my iconic uh, Foreigner Four shirt, and I was like. <laughs> And I just told him, I go, when I was a kid, this was the coolest shirt in the world, and I couldn't afford it, so now I bought them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was definitely a very cool photo, so props for the for that one. That I mean, I cool. saw Craig was wearing a Minnesota Twins jersey during it, the, the set from what I saw on Instagram, so I guess he can relate to, you know. Yep, that was a game-worn 1979 Hoskin Paul jersey, he said, so wow. that's pretty. That's <laughs> nobody's going to know who that player is anymore. I think that is his baseball card at one time. Nice. So some of the things that I thought interesting, like uh, that I at the book signing that a Q&A question, a 10-year-old asked him, what did they think of modern metal? And Craig's like, uh, he goes, I guess I don't really know what it is. And then Steve <laughs> Steve said, he goes, the only thing he knows about it is that they play really precisely. And then he went, so I thought that was funny. Some other thing highlights, they were kind of talking about the book. Um, I thought it was, and, and, and this is something I've kind of sensed by reading social media, but they said the second time around since Franz has been back, they said Craig was kind of reluctant to take over as leader of the band because they used to do everything as a dem- democracy the first time around. But now, as you can see on social media, it's almost like all in Craig's voice. So I, he is really taking over as the leader, which I think you have to do. You just have to have that singular voice, you know, come over. And he's kind of been acting like, so they're kind of talking about how he's kind of taking over that leadership role. And then one other thing I remember, somebody asked him, they go, what's your favorite venue in the Twin Cities? And Craig goes, well, First Avenue is the best venue in the world. You know, that's what he said. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if he means it, but that's what he said. So, Cool. I mean, what you're saying about like him, like the, it being in his voice and him kind of taking the leader, that that tends to happen, I think, right? And like Kevin, you would, probably know best of all of us but like the lead singer of the band is the front man of the band and it just becomes the guy that everybody looks to right like there's influential members but i mean it all depends on the band and the dynamic but i you could see in a band like this how he would be the guy i mean his personality if you see him on stage i mean he does everything in his power for that hour and a half two hours that they're playing to make sure he hooks you so it's clear that he would be. It's interesting to hear that before Franz left that that wasn't the case because as an outsider, if you didn't know, you would always think it was Craig kind of calling the shots because he is the guy and he seems to be the guy that is out there the most sort of <clears throat> telling the stories behind it. So, right. you know, it's it's a natural progression almost for this type of band. Yeah, progression's a great word because that's what how I sensed what they were talking about is like, they were all kind of looking for Craig to take over as the leadership, and he seemed kind of reluctant, like he didn't want to step on toe, step on anyone's toes. But then finally, he just took it over, and I, everybody, you know, was happy with that. I think that's how I sensed it, anyways. But I mean, at the same time, I, I could almost see how you could make the argument that like there's some pretty strong members of the band that have become figures in and of themselves. Like Steve has a large following as Steve, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a whole thing about like, you know, Steve guitar solos versus tag, tag guitar solos. And then like Tad and Franz, like the audience literally divides up about on them on the stage. Like there's a, you know, there's Franz side and there's Tad side. And, and we talk about it all the time. Like which side you're going to be on or whatever. And Franz is such a, a key figure to the band. Cause he, he does have that, that charisma, so it's interesting that that he's you know Craig they see Craig as the as the main guy but like they do really have a lot of characters in the band where that's not always the case in other bands. Well, I think that's the key word is characters. Like the Hold Steady as a band has many characters that people can gravitate to, but I think if you had to and it's probably also due to the fact that 
he's had so much work outside of the hold steady as Craig Finn that always throws back. So he kind of has some of that extra kind of umph behind him, you know, and I, I know that in a million bands, there's a million bands where you know who the, the leader of the band is yet there's other characters and personalities in it that make the band who they are. And, you know, the hold steady is no different, but you're right. I mean, there is a whole sort of, you know, thing about which side you're going to stand on but i think that speaks more to the development of the characters in the band and that steve is a character and tad is a character and franz is a character and even galen and bobby to some degree are characters but to me if you go to a show you don't know who the band is and you you watch them without any clue i think if you watch craig on stage and how he moves his arms and plays the guitar and dances you would think he's the leader i mean agreed but I think as a podcast, we need to start a movement for Galen. I, I want to make Galen a, a, a front person in the band. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I, I don't know if you... I've had this book for a couple of weeks now, and I haven't read it, but I guess it really goes into depth, which would kind of surprise me. But the first time when Fran, Franz left the band, I guess the split was between him and um, Tad, I guess. I thought, it was, I thought it was kind of the classic rock section of the band against Franz because we know Franz is kind of more experimental but I mm-hmm. guess they were kind of saying it was Tad against Franz even though and I guess Tad finally told Franz's wife that he loves Franz or something I guess it's all in the book I guess I should really read the book instead of talking about stuff I don't know but. <laughs> I, I look for a full book report next uh, next episode I so, mean we should totally review the book we, that's, that's 100% something we should do we'll have an episode where we review the book so in conclusion, guys, I just wanted to say it was really awesome. It was, it was a, like watching a classic rock concert because we had the, the wind machine on Bobby's hair. They had the giant screens all around them. And I didn't even mention this, but there was fireworks at the end of the the, the state fair always um, ends the concert with fireworks. So there was That's amazing. fireworks. Oh, pyro for the hold steady. That's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. as someone who's gone to a lot of the hold steady stuff this year and tried to make all the stuff that matters, like my FOMO is real. Like <laughs> you definitely got one of the good ones and I'm, I'm glad you got to see it. I wish I could have been there with you, man. Yeah. And if you go on our social media, you'll see I put the video where the, the, Ferris wheel light is kind of in the background of the stage, and I thought that was pretty cool. You you won't see that at too many Hold Steady concerts. Well, there's still plenty more Hold Steady events coming up this side of the year that I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, ending with the upcoming Massive Nights, but there's shows in New Jersey. I think you have tickets for Gasper and Vegas and a few other places. So, So, yeah, the the Jersey show, um, I'm not sure what's going to happen because I do have... To, uh, tickets to the Jersey City show. I actually have too many tickets because I accidentally bought three when I meant to buy two. Um, but I think work might cause a conflict. I might have to unload those. So we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you wow. posted. But I'm really hoping to make it because White Eagle Hall is a great venue. Um, I've seen them there a couple times, and it's it's a lot of fun. I really hope I do get to go to that one. If you can't go, we'll run a contest with the poster to give away your tickets. <laughs> and I, I'm... I'm right there with you. I might have tickets to give away for Vegas. I'm not sure if I can make it to the Vegas because oh, I started man. a new position at my job. So we'll be seeing how that goes. Oh, nice. Congrats. All right. So all right. so that's all I got, guys. Do you have any other questions for me? No, it just sounded like it was a great show, uh, which is always to be expected from them. And, you know, it's nice that you got to be a part of some Hold Steady history because all the shows we do go to aren't always that historical. And this was their largest crowd. So... Nice that you were a part of it. We can shoot some great expectations. Bountiful chemicals, beautiful kitchens. So many choices, decisions, decisions. I said a couple things that probably weren't technical. So, guys, we have a new game. I don't know if this is pretty exciting. You heard that little sounder there. Uh, I guess I said a few things that aren't technically true. And uh, so that's what the name of this game is. So the Hold Steady played the Minnesota State Fair. I'm going to give you some other venues that they played, except one of them's technically not that true. One of them I'm making up. So do do you guys understand? All right, yeah. So you're going to give us three venues. Two of them they've played, one of them they haven't. We have to guess which one they haven't played. Yes. Actually, I think I'm giving four venues because otherwise it was too easy. But (laughs) All right, four venues. Okay. 
So here we, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay, so we know that the hold steady just played at the music on a stick. So we know that's true. And I'm telling you, it's also true that the hold steady played at the magic stick in Detroit. So that's choice number okay. one. So it's almost the same name. It's the magic stick in Detroit. It's also a 50 cent song for anybody who's really a fan. Oh, wow. <laughs> so definitely I went to the hold steady at the music on a stick at the state fair. So what else rhymes with music on a stick? I'm saying they also played at the party pit, which rhymes with music on a stick. They played at the party pit in Minneapolis, <laughs> which would be fitting. The party. What, what rhyming scheme are you using that? <laughs> Just trying to know because that's very Eminem type right, but, of shoehorn a word. But I get it. It's it's the party pit music on a stick and party is... pit. They rhyme. Come on, guys. That's okay. that's pretty cool. And I have follow up questions about the party pit in Minnesota. But let's keep keep this going. Okay. okay. And so we know they played. They definitely played the Minnesota State Fair. I'm telling you, they definitely played the Minnesota Zoo. So if you think they're playing a the state fair is weird, I'm saying they played a zoo. So. I'm definitely saying that's true. And just to, I didn't want to leave you guys out, so I got a Brooklyn music on a stick starts with an M. I'm saying they, in Brooklyn, the Hold Steady played at the Mighty Robot in Brooklyn. So one of those is not true, gentlemen. What say you? I feel like three of those are not true. (laughs) Hmm. Three of them don't sound like real places except for the Minnesota Zoo. (laughs) All right, Kev, you go first. <laughs> God, so it's Magic Stick. Magic Party Stick in Detroit, Pit. yeah. Right, Party Pit, Minnesota Zoo, or something robot. The Mighty Robot in Brooklyn. How- Mighty you Robot, right okay. There. Come on, guys. Well, since you said we live there, I feel like that could be a real place. Have they played there? I don't know. I mean, Hold Steady has a song called Party Pit, so you would think they've played there. But then you like to be tricky. I'm going to guess Party Pit. Because I feel like they would play to a gorilla in a zoo, and Magic Stick (laughs) is just too fun. So I'm going to go with Party Pit as my pick. All right. So I also think they played the zoo. I have this, like, I'm almost thinking about Spinal Tap, where they're playing the the amusement park, and it's like, how many times have I told them puppet show first, this pu- puppet show second, Spinal Tap first? <laughs> um, I have never heard of the Mighty Robot in Brooklyn, and I I want to feel like I'm someone who knows most of the places in Brooklyn. And I'm probably, this, this is going to hurt you more that the whole study played in Brooklyn and you didn't know that's about probably going to be the case. But like, so here's the thing. It's like, I know that they played a lot at North six, which then became musical Williamsburg. And like, then the, the place to see them used to be the, 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 the you know, it used to be music, musical Williamsburg then became Brooklyn bowl. Um, I've seen them play at Bowery in the city. I feel like they have not played the, the Brooklyn venue. I'm going to say that they did not play the Mighty Robot. And what and what did Kevin say? He said Party Pit? I said Party Pit. All right. So Kevin is... Correctamundo! And, <laughs> Go me! And Gasper is... <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Party Pit was an actual place in Minneapolis, but it was just a nightclub, so I think they probably just played EDM music. Now, was that like the inspiration for the song Party Pit or? No, but I'm not sure if the club wasn't, the name of the club wasn't inspired by the song maybe, but I, I don't know. You know, they played dance music, so there might have not have been a connection or, or it might have been from the actual Party Pit in Minnetonka, gotcha. which Craig was talking about in his question and answer thing. Yep. Oh, wait, that's right. Okay, I should have known that. So you're right. Yeah, okay. But the, the Mighty Robot was they played there. Let me see. I can't say I've ever heard of it. Well, it Where probably doesn't belong. It's probably not a place anymore because they played it March 17th, 2003, which I think was their second show ever as the Hold Steady. So it was like right when they started. Or it was their third well, show. Is, it, the, is there an address for the Mighty, Mighty, for the Mighty Robot? Um, No, it says Brooklyn, New York, USA. I think uh, Christian Slater owns it, and it was. I think they made a show on it on FX. Or, or that was Mr. Robot. I mean, in the, I'm sorry. Uh, 
when I Google it, I see Secret Project Robot, which started as the Mighty Robot. So, I and they had bands playing there. Interestingly enough, does it say where it is, Kev? Uh, I'm looking now, Brooklyn. Yeah, and you're right. They played North Six. I think was their very first show ever in Brooklyn. It was in Williamsburg Arts. It was the Williamsburg Arts Complex, Monster Island. Okay, I'm not even quite sure where that is, but that's interesting. That's oh, I never heard of Antonio it. Antonio was a show on FX. I didn't either. Christian Slater. No, that was Mr. Robot. I saw that. Mr. Robot. That was good. So that's what I keep thinking of. So guys, and Rami Malek, who went on to win the Oscar as uh-huh. Freddie Mercury. Yep. So we got to get into diamonds and drains, but I got a quick little uh, second part to this thing. I'm going to give you food okay. on the st- on a stick that they have served at the Minnesota State Fair, and you got to guess which one I made up. Oh shit! Okay. No okay. So this. let's do this quick. So alligator on a stick, deep fried Snickers on a stick, uh, micro brew Pilsner on a stick. Hot dish on a stick. Do you guys know what hot dish is? That's not a no, New York word. Dish? I think you guys call it casserole. We don't use the word casserole. Oh, okay. And then I'll even I'll throw in another one: spaghetti on a stick. So, which one of those do you think is not real? You, you want me to, need me to say them again? It's alligator on a stick, Snickers on a stick, uh, Pilsner on a stick, spaghetti on a stick, hot dish. On a stick. Not to be confused with hot lunch. That's Whoa. something else. <laughs> okay. Um, shit. Uh, I know Snickers on a stick is a real thing. I've seen that at a million fairs. Spaghetti on a stick just seems messy, but probably doable. I mean, is alligator something you would get in Minnesota on a stick? Like, I'm going to go alligator on a stick just because. It, it seems too out, outlandish. See, now I feel like alligator on a stick is like right in the zone. I think that's definitely a thing. I too have seen the Snickers on a stick. I think spaghetti on a snick, stick is something that happens just because it sounds crazy, but they found a way to do it and deep fry it, so I'm sure that's a thing. <sighs> Casserole on a stick seems like it's it's also something that should be. Um or or hot dish. We call it hot like, dish. We don't have the word right, casserole. Gotcha. So I'm gonna go with pilsner on a stick because I'm not really quite sure how that would work out. Like, okay. It, I mean, logically, it doesn't seem to make sense, but right. Mike is tricky like that, and I just know Minnesota's not really known for their alligators, like Florida, other parts of the country. But I've never heard of like the runaway alligator in Minnesota has taken over a, a zoo. So. All right, well, that's what it. Do you we're got? we're oh, locking yeah. it in. Final answer. So okay. Kevin's going alligator. Yep. And I'm going Pilsner. And oh, Gasper's going Pilsner. I actually fooled you guys. There, Those things are all the actual real things. I didn't lie about anyone. <laughs> the, the Pilsner on a stick, is a, it's like a flight of beer, three different beers, and they put it on like a, a paddle with holes in it. So that's why it's on a stick. Oh, that's just a flight of beers. That's not, I, that I want to You know what? And then the alligators. <laughs> I can't be buzzed wrong for that. And actually, the alligator's been there like 25, 30 years. That's like one of the longest running ones for whatever reason. So fine. Whatever. <laughs> so that's been your on a stick segment. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got a stick for you. <laughs> all right, guys. That's, that's all I got. All right. Good game. Good game. All right. I guess now we'll get into Diamonds in the Dream. All right, so it is time for our final round of this installment of Diamonds in the Drain. This is a game Mike came up with. Uh, as you know, we roll a and d dice, and as we know, D&D stands for Diamonds in the Drain. And so through that dice roll, we select a track from uh, Thrashing Through the Passions, uh, Open Door Policy, and The Price of Progress, and we pit them against each other in a contest for which is the best song rated by uh, gold, silver, and bronze medals. Um, so this will be Diamonds in the Drain. And this is the final round. We've done four other episodes where we did two rounds each, and now today we get the final two rounds, Gasper. It's exciting. So basically we know what we're doing. Uh, which tracks is it again? We're doing track three and track six for those playing along at home that have been keeping score. Um, so... Mike, you can do Thrashing Through the Passions, which is you did good, kid. Gep, you do Open Door Policy, which is Lanyards. 
and I'll do the price of progress, which is Carlos is crying. But I'll roll the die to see what we get. I mean, it feels like you should roll the die because I'm like, going to. at this point, it's just, it's, it's, it's like it, a ceremonial first pitch in baseball. In, right. Uh, so are we going to do like, are you going to give the scores? Cause like today is going to say who won wins out of the albums. Or? But if you know in advance, it might alter how okay. you're okay. voting. I just, so I was just wondering, I, I'd rather you forget. Okay, I'm rolling the dice. Good enough. I got a zero, but it's really a three on the bottom. So it's track three. Way to go, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. Tra- um, track three for Thrashing Through the Passion is You Did Good Kid. You did good, kid. You did good, kid. You did good, kid. You did good, kid. Jasper, open door policy. Open door policy, track three is Lanyards. I danced around the subject to swam in the Pacific like the westernmost American. Lanyards in the laminates, everybody's trying to get the right kind of wristband. And track three on the price of progress, spoiler alert if you haven't been listening two minutes ago, is Carlos is Crying. And as always, Mike leads us off. So, Mike, you go first with your gold, silver, and bronze picks. Okay, so I'm going to start with the bronze because this—that's kind of the. This is a hard choice, but I think bronze is a little bit easier. I'm going to do "You Did Good Kid" as my bronze because, much like the whole album "Thrashing Through the Passion," it has some good things to it. It has some bad things to it. It's kind of up and down. It's like, is, is this a novelty song or is it actually a good song? Sometimes I listen to it and I go, "Yeah, that's a good song." Sometimes I go, oh, "It's kind of a novelty song." But it's a good song, but I'm giving it the bronze. It's not up to the quality of the other two. And this is where it gets tricky when I go silver and gold because I love these two songs. Just love both these songs. I'm gonna give. Oh, I'm gonna give the silver to Lanyards. I love that song. Um, it's got such a cool story to it about going out to to California to try to be an actor, and it just. You know, he he goes out on the 4th of July and he's back by Thanksgiving. That just kind of shows, you know, he said he drowned in the Pacific. He gets stuck in traffic. I just love the whole storyline about the Shark Week. Every line in it is just such an amazing um, line. But Carlos is crying. I think he's just taking the nation's imagination. I think that's just a, it's going to be one of their all-time greatest songs. It's it's such a different song. And like I said, it'd make a good one-act play. It's just, you can see every character in the song. I just love it. So I'm going the gold with Carlos's crying. All right. Uh, that makes it my turn. Uh, and I, like Mike, uh, will agree uh, on the bronze. Uh, you did good, kid, is my bronze for this one. I, I do love it. I think it's a fun sing along live. I think the crowd always enjoys that sort of a cappella intro that they do. But compared to the other two, uh, it doesn't hold up. But I do differ from Mike in that I have Carlos's crying as my silver for this one. Um, Carlos's crying is a fun story. It kind of wraps itself up, but to me, Lanyards is my favorite. It talks about so many fun things. And I think it's fun when he talks about the girl from the Genesee cleaners and, and the wipeout reference and shark week to me, you know, they went out of 4th of July and came back around Thanksgiving. It's just such a, to me, it's a way more expansive of a story, and those are the songs I really love when the Hold Steady does. So that is my gold. Lanyard gets my gold on this one. All right. So that leaves it to me. Mm-hmm. So as much as we've talked about Carlos is Crying, and I do really love the song, um, and I'm, I'm pulling for it to be a, a big song for them, and this is one of those categories where it's a little tough because I love all three songs, but I'm going to put Carlos is Crying as my bronze. Um, it, it's not the strongest song off the record, in my opinion, but it is a really strong song. So it, it's not to say I don't like it, but I'm going to put it as the bronze. You Did Good Kid is my silver um, because it's 
it's such a different sounding song to a lot of the, of the other Hold Steady songs. And it stands out for me in a way that, that Carlos doesn't. And I don't know if it's because I'm just trying to get back in better with Heather or <laughs> if it's because Lanyards is such a great song, but I, I love Lanyards. That, that's definitely my gold. I love the, the juxtaposition he puts between you know everyone trying to get the right color wristbands to get backstage to everyone trying to get the right color wristbands to get to the hospital room. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's a great song. It's it's fun. It's it's one of the strongest songs off that record, and so that's why it's my gold. All right, ah, all right. So after that round with track three, the bronze winner is "You Did Good Kid" from Thrashing Through the Passions with four points. Carlos is crying is the silver with six points, uh, and from Open Door Policy, Lanyards is the gold with eight points which makes it very interesting. We'll see how track six plays out, as that could seriously influence the whole final. All right. Oh, I'll do the dice roll again, but it will be track six for those listening at home. Uh, And I actually rolled a three this time, but it's track six. If you rolled it twice, it would have been six. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Or if we would have did track six first, I would have had the outro perfect. But it doesn't matter. So for uh, Thrashing Through the Passions, Mike, what's track six? It is the Entitlement Crew. Tequila takeoff, Tecatzing landing. Sorry about the centerpiece. Thanks for understanding. Saw salesman hard branding, Kapari commissions. I was sitting in the kitchen trying to guess where she was living now. Hotel room in Houston with the shades against the sunshine. Open door policy, Gasper? Off open door policy, it's heavy covenant. With the wine glass on the microwave and the ashtray in the kitchen, I could. And from the price of progress, we have the bird watchers. And the colonel said she could probably use us. And now we're marching with her This is a tough one. Get your thinking cap on, Mike, since you go first. So when we first thought up this game, this is this is it's so fitting that track six is last because track six is actually what made me push what I wanted to do this game for just because those are three killer tracks and how do you possibly choose between them? But that's, that's we can't have any ties and that's what makes the game fun. So I guess for my bronze, I'm going to go bird watchers, which I just love that song. So it's so hard to put as a bronze. Um, I think it's a very deep song. I think we still don't understand the full meaning of the song, so maybe I'm penalizing it a little bit for that. It's a little, you know, we, I think they're going through the woods dressed up like bird watchers, and I think, I don't know, maybe they're smuggling guns for the Russians for a, uh, some kind of resistance fight for some dictator, but I could be 100% wrong, and people could be laughing at me going, it's nothing like that. So that's, I'll kind of give it the bronze just for that. And then we have, and I, I guess I'm going to go silver for Entitlement Crew. I mean, that's such a killer track. That song was out probably, what, 14 months before Thrashing Through the Passion even became an album. That song was out for such a long time before that ever uh, developed into an album. So we knew it really well. It's almost like an older song now, even though it's out of one of these three newer albums. It feels like an older song. I love it every time they play it live. It's just the perfect song, and I know somebody's going to give it a gold, so I don't feel too bad giving it a silver. And that goes gold. That leaves me with Heavy Covenant. Um, Like I said, the beginning of the song, I didn't know I needed an organ playing over a kick drum, but I just love that organ and kick drum. Bobby and Franz just... I love what they do at the beginning of that song. I love the, it's uh, almost like a Craig solo song because it's got a smaller story in it, which I really love hearing it in a hold steady. And then, you know, we're getting Carlos is crying. We're kind of getting some smaller stories now. 
Um, and I love at the end of the song how he kind of recap. He does something lyrically he de- never does in any other song, where it's almost like an 80s TV show where he recaps everything. He says, you know, he just starts repeating the lines kind of like in a um, Reader's Digest way where he just kind of says the highlight lines, uh, says them all in a row. And I, um, I think that's really unique. And so that's my gold medal. What say you, Kevin? <laughs> well, uh, I do. Uh, I agree with you on the bronze. To me, that's this one is actually way easier for me um, than it might be for you guys, only because the Bird Watches is a great song. We've talked about it in our Price of Progress uh, wrap up so many times that of of our feelings about it. But compared to these other two, it doesn't even stand a chance and i know you gave it gold but for me heavy covenant is my silver uh i love the song i love the minimalist sound to it but entitlement crew gets a bump from me from the live performance um and with how many times i've seen it we've talked about it live shows songs i always want to hear is that one you know, just from the first line of the song where he uh, talks about tequila takeoff Takate landing like when you watch Craig sing that live, it's like he's going to take off. He's flapping his arms so fast and like he's almost trying to get air under his feet. So I just love that song. It's so fun to see live. And, you know, it, it's it's a real good feel good song by the time it's over. Like you kind of can't help but dance to it. So my gold is Entitlement Crew. All right. Well, we all agree on the bird watchers. <laughs> Because I'm going to put that in bronze as well. Um, Like you said, we've talked about it a lot. I do like the song. It doesn't feel like it's going to be one of the songs that gets played a lot. It'll probably fall by the wayside, I think. You'll hear it a couple of times, and it'll become like something that pops up down the road like The Ambassador does or these other songs. I do really appreciate that it's a song that we have puzzled over quite a bit because it is so abstract, but compared to the other two, I think you have to go bronze. The next part of this is difficult, man, because... So, you have Entitlement Crew, which kind of, for me, represents, like, the affirmation that the Hold Steady was going to go on, because you had that period of time during Teeth Dreams where it's like, this might be the end, and they didn't put out music for a long time, And then here comes Entitlement Crew, which is the first song that's a new song. And it was like, we knew they were sticking around. And it's such a great song. There's so many snarky comments in it. And it's fun. But then you have Heavy Covenant. And and I've told the story before. Like, for me, when that record came out, we were in the height of COVID. And I was going through some severe, like, disappointment that I might never see a show again. Like... And Heavy Covenant with that kick drum, and I could just picture in my head the like they start with the kick drum and everyone's clapping along, and the the organ and Craig comes over with the initial lyrics, and it was just such a rock and roll thing that that's my gold, man. Like I love that song. I I love that song more than I love a lot of Hold Steady songs. Um, so that's definitely the gold and Entitlement Cruise of Silver. All right. So even though you're both wrong, I will tally up the score. (laughs) Um, Interesting, looking at the numbers, this is the first time in all 10 tracks that a song from uh, The Price of Progress has gotten all once. Um, It hasn't happened on any other song from that album. Uh, It did happen for Open Door Policy with The Feelers. Uh, got all ones. Riptown also got all ones. But uh, The Bird Watchers is the first song from Price of Progress to get all ones, which now brings us to an interesting total for the albums. Let me run my math here and see. So the bronze overall for the album is Thrashing Through the Passions with 55 total points from us. Wow. Um, the silver, uh, with 61 points, goes to Open Door Policy. Wow. So our gold record by our score with 64 total, even getting three ones this week, is the price of progress. 
Interesting. So, so, so they were only how many points were separating open door policy and price of progress? Three, and it was nine points overall from bronze to gold. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Open door policy had 61. The price of progress had 64. I mean, keeping in mind, too, the price of progress is the newer one. It gets that little bit of a bump advantage to me. You know, I do think, you know, there's something to be said about this record. And keep in mind, these album totals here, even though we've had guests participate, these totals are just our scores. I've, I've already weeded out. Any guests that played with us on this? Look, it, it makes sense that it's a close contest. These are three great records. And, I mean, I guess the, the new record being new could have something to do with it. But, like, this is hard. And if you were to match up the songs, like, not by track number, I wonder if it would go differently. You know, I, I mean, like, some yes, of this would. is... Yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult. Like, you know, what happens when, you know, a some of these tracks come up against some of the other tracks that we don't feel as strongly about. And also a whole nother point to consider and something I definitely want to acknowledge is like, I really appreciate what everybody's been doing on the Facebook, the votes that's been happening there, the, the, you know, the discussion back and forth, like people have some really varying opinions. Like it's, it's funny how it's, you could talk to one one person and have a completely different lineup, talk to another and have a completely different lineup. Like, Everyone loves these songs, but they love them in a different way, and that, that's what makes it awesome. I was going to say, I have another little fact that kind of ties to that, Mike. Mm -hmm. When you look at all the songs we've given scores to, only two songs out of all 30 have had perfect scores from all three of us. Can you guess what they are? Oh. I'm going to say Unpleasant Breakfast has got to be one of them. Very good. That was a good call. It is. Okay. Uh, and, and the other one was from The Price of Progress. I'll give you a hint. Oh, I know what it is, but I'll let Mike guess. Oh, Grand Junction? Mm-hmm. It's got to nope. be. Really? Mm-mm. I'm surprised. Which one? Perdido. Okay. Good song. Per Perdido and Unpleasant Breakfast, out of the 30 songs we've done are the only two that we've all given gold status to. And Jess gave Perdido a bronze, so and but her score she was a, as her guest score. So that just she, she gave she gave it a silver. Her bronze that week was Riptown and we were all in agreement that Riptown was bronze. Well, okay. But that's a good point. We were talking about how to say what Gasper is saying how everybody's got a different opinion. I put we put three polls out. One was on Spotify, one was on Facebook. And uh, one was on Twitter or X, whatever their name is this week. And so Riptown, and we had three different, we had three songs and a different song one on every one of them. And like Riptown got almost zero votes on Facebook. And then it won the Twitter poll. So that's crazy. <laughs> and, and going through all the data, we had a few songs that we all gave bronze to. It was way, we were way more in agreement on songs we didn't like than songs we did like. Um, just as looking through all of the numbers of the voting. Um, we had Bird Watchers, as I said. We had Riptown. We had The Feelers. We all gave ones to. Hmm. We had The Prior Procedure. We all gave ones to. So considering ODP had three different songs that we gave bronze to, the fact that it showed up so strong overall shows how much we like the other material on it. Right. Um, and then I don't think that's to say we don't like those songs. It's no, no, no. Just, it's just it's where they landed that week, you know? Right. But and it'll be interesting to do this with another set of records. I mean, I know we'll probably take a break from this for a little bit, but this was a lot of fun. And I will say the only thrashing through the passion song we all gave bronze to was, can you guess? I don't know. Confusion in the Marketplace. Which is a song I love, which is, that's crazy. Oh. Well, that's, yeah, because it was up against a flyover halftime. Right. And, uh, what's the other one? Hanover. So. So we have big news. We will be bringing Diamonds in the Drain back. Um, so we've done the three newest albums. How about we do the first four albums? And then you say, how's that going to go? So now we're going to have Gold, 
silver, bronze, and off the podium. Oof. Zero Ooh. points for off the podium. That's going to be really wow. rough. That's tough. I was almost going to say maybe we should roll a D4 and do head-to-heads. <laughs> As opposed to four. That's going to be We really could do a final rough. four, yeah. <laughs> that, All right. Did you, Mike, did you see in the Facebook group like a while back before we were doing this podcast, and I don't remember who did it. I wish I, I could give them credit, but somebody had put together like a f- March Madness bracket of Hold Steady songs. Oh, yeah. That was pretty amazing. I think yeah. they might do it again this March, maybe, possibly. And Kev, just because I know you're not part of the group, but like what they did was they literally paired like they like like you would with a, with a basketball bracket and just set up a bunch of songs and then did another round and another round and another round. And it was like so much work, but it was really cool and fun to watch people argue back and forth wow. over like what should have advanced and what shouldn't have. But I hope he does do that again. That was that was very cool. Mm, well, I'll keep an eye out for it. Um, all right. Well, we have some time to prepare for this next round of Diamonds in the Drain because, you know, that's a tall order. I think we're going to have a couple of a real tough track numbers come up with some of those head-to-heads. Yeah, want to thank everybody for sending in their entries for the poster contest. Uh, we do have some entries that we're going through, and we're going to announce one of our first winners. Uh, so we want to congratulate Lauren from Minnesota, uh, who sent in this speak pipe with her answers. This is exciting. Somebody's using SpeakPipe. I can't wait to hear this. Okay, this is Lauren from St. Paul. I'm trying to go fast because I'm running out of time on these. Um, at the top, we have diamonds down the drain, mentions of lifter puller. The rats are wearing hoodies, so they're actual hood rats. They could also be the street rats from lifter puller. There is a postcard from Cheyenne, Wyoming, next to the sign from the Yukon Club. And then to the right of those, there is a large map of the Twin Cities metro area. One of the rats is wearing a hoodie that reads, what would Judas do? The rat table itself, you can see fiestas and fiascos, almost killed me, separation Sunday, the Bones Brigade videos. There's John Cassavetes mentioned on the bottom. Um, There is a poker chips, plethora of poker chips on the table itself. There's cash. It could be 40 bucks or 10 bucks. Um, There's a margaritas and bloody marys um as well as the postcard or note card from the motel six so that would be to leave a message at the motel six um there is spilled prescription medication so that could be oxy serotonin clonopin or prednisone there's also ticker tape from the positive jam there are holly sprigs on the bottom there There's also smoke cigarettes, which you can't find in heaven. There's the car wash thing from the kids at the car wash. I'm so glad I fit in everything. Thank you for doing the contest. All right, Lauren, and I know she was at the concert too, even though I didn't actually end up running into her. But I know St. Paul girl was at the (laughs) State Fair concert. Wow, and it it was great hearing her answers too because she had some that I didn't even pick up on. So it's very cool. to see how people are viewing the artwork. So well-deserved, Lauren. Uh, I'm glad you are one of our first winners. And I'm also just so excited that you people are loving the speak pipe. It actually helps Mike sleep at night when that little speak pipe <laughs> light goes off. So if you hear this and want to leave us a speak pipe just to say good night, Mike, go ahead because that is just, it makes our jobs worth it. And definitely, like, if anything you want to say on the speak pipe, if you have a fun fact you want to pass along, if you want to tell us what your favorite tracks are from uh, some of the records from Diamonds in the Drain, if we made a flub you'd like to correct us on, or whatever you can think of, we'd if love to If you'd like to, have to suggest show. a Freddie Knuckles, that's funny. That would be amazing because I'm running out of them. <laughs> when did you ever we're start cal- with them? <laughs> oh, we're wow. calling on you, the listener, to give Gasper a good Freddie Knuckles that I can't groan about. But that might be the winner might get a poster. Please definitely like check out our social media. The link is there. You can go to our link tree, uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash the Hood Rat Recap, and it's right there. And leave us a speak pipe. We, we love to use those to have you on the show and include the, the audience with the participation. So please check it out. 
And we appreciate you all checking out this episode. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend, give us a like, a follow. We really do appreciate our numbers have grown uh, exponentially through the weeks. And we couldn't be happier with the uh, the response from you all. So thank you all for listening to the podcast. I mean, we do it because you listen and, and it gives us, uh, we have a great time doing it for you. So thanks again for checking us out. Uh, you know how to reach us on social media, as Gasper said. And, and Mike, you have anything else to throw out at our listeners before we get out of here? Yeah. I mean, we just started this podcast because we wanted to give the, the uh, United Scene community a voice. And that's why these guys are teasing me about SpeakPipe, but I really do like hearing your voices on there. And being at the concert, the Music on the Stick State Fair concert, I was running into people from three or four different time zones. Every time I advanced my seat or ran to a different part, in the, I would run into somebody would come up and hug me from behind. And it was just, it was amazing. And it just, it's amazing seeing the unified scene being this strong. And uh, yeah, and every time we post a, a podcast, uh, the first 24 hours are just crazy how many people hit on it. And it's just, so I think there's a real hunger for this. And so I really appreciate it, guys. Take us all, Gasper. All right. Well, I'm Gasper. That's Kevin. That's Mike. And us guys, and all you guys and gals, we are all the Hood Rat Recap Podcast. On the stick. <laughs> <laughs>